What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. Check the kick podcast, suredog.com. Signs back there. Pretty big and interesting weekend of fights. If I sound like crap, I apologize. I am sick, getting over being sick. Um, thanks to the dirtbag that passed this on to me. I hate you. This sucks. If you've ever seen the movie Flubber, um, I've been coughing that up for the past few days. So this sucks, but um, I'm getting through it. And uh, I actually had to watch the UFC card twice because uh, I was sitting here watching it on my laptop and um, slowly dying while I watched the pay-per-view. So I went back and watched it again. And uh, obviously the results didn't change. Still, still interesting. Um, but man, I, I've been down and out. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be on the mend. And I'm glad to be here recording the show for everyone. Um, we're just going to get it started. Islam Mahashev. Head kicks and kind of puts a ribbon on the uh, Volkanovsky deal i guess i mean the first fight was a close fight and then volk had a lot more preparation for it. i picked volk going into that fight <clears throat> excuse me i picked volk going into this fight i thought volk had the room to make adjustments i should have been i i should have i should have seen this coming one of my uh fellow sure dog associates keith Schillen, said in his pre-fight show that if anyone goes out there and just obliterates the other person, it's going to be Mahashev going out there and obliterating and finishing Volkanovsky. And that's what he did. This was like a flawless victory from Islam Mahashev. Um, watching this fight, he... One thing, still, Volk is still a very, very strong human and a very strong individual. There was one moment where Volk you know, had his back against the cage. Islam got him against the cage. Volk just got the underhooks and just turned him around immediately. But Islam's counter for that was brilliant. Just get the tie clinch, get the double open, get the just get the double clinch, and just start kneeing him in the head. Pull his head down and just start kneeing him in the head and kneeing him in the body. That was pretty brilliant. Um, reminded me of Silva, Rich Franklin, um, but definitely not as not as brutal. He landed that that head kick earlier in the fight, but it just wasn't very clean, landed the kick to the body. And he said that him and him and Javier Mendez and his team drew up that plan where they're planning to head kick Oliveira. And they're like, yeah, let's just kick him low and then finish up high. It's pretty brilliant. Um, I'm not the hugest Volkanovsky fan in my position. I'm not supposed to be fans, but obviously you're still going to become fans of people. I'm a huge fan of, um, just the the Dagestan fighters. I I, lo I just love the mentality. I love what they bring into the cage. I love how they carry themselves outside. I like how they're humble. Um, I do appreciate that, and I wish there was more um, people that would respect that and understand that when it comes to them. Um, but Islam Mahashev is now the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world. I don't think there's any way to argue it. Um, We'll come back to that. But the way that this fight went, um, Volkanovski didn't really get anything off at all. Islam landed, I think, two or three good strikes with his hands. Um, really good. His really good left straight. 
out of the out of the southpaw. He gave Volk a lot of problems with his check left hook um, and being able to kind of just slip and rip and counter Volk. Um, he's not the first person to hurt Volkanovski with the head kick. Volk's been knocked out before. Volk was knocked out at welterweight pre UFC. It's been ten years since the dude was knocked out, and he had he had lost before. He lost to, to Islam prior to this in a much closer fight, but Islam. Javier Mendez said that he he came in about eight pounds heavier, I believe. He Islam is not the dominant, strong athlete, fast twitch athlete that Habib was. But the only thing these two dudes have in common is that they're both from Dagestan and they both trained under Abdul Manab. But the Islam and Habib, we we need to start putting respect on both their names by not calling them the same fighter because tact tact tactfully. Technically, they're both just very, very different. Um, Islam set this kick up beautifully, and he has a killer instinct. That was something I was kind of questioning going into this fight, where, like, does he have that dog in him? Is he Mike Breeden? Um, yeah, he, he, he fucking is. He head kicked, he head kicked Volk. Volk kind of did the stagger and just, boom, went down. Um, and... Islam had his had his head pinned to the Akagam with one knee and was just fucking nailing him with hammer fists. You got all the people whining, complaining, bitching, moaning, saying that those are strikes to the back of the head. You got John McCarthy tweeting out these were they they weren't. I mean, if they are, they were like it just doesn't matter. Volk didn't complain. No one from his camp is complaining. It's only these sorry ass fans that are just salty. I really hate that we have. Um, people in the MMA sphere that are like Conor McGregor that tweet out things that say, you know, these people are inbred, blah, blah, blah. Like that just sets a bad precedence. And when you open the door for that, you have all the little, the little weasels that will follow in uh, behind, behind them retweeting, saying things like that. And like, it's just be respectful guys. The, these dudes are out here in their underwear fighting in front of the world doing something that I would never do. You would never do. Um, you would never say this to them. So just, just stop. Like I, I really, you know, the MMA Twitter sphere and social media MMA is getting pretty gross. And I, I really hope Islam was able to put that to bed with this, with this finish. This dude deserved all of our respect. Um, and this, again, this, this, this fight was flawless. It was short. He got it done right away. He looked like he was, ready uh folk looked a little soft but again volk's not the biggest dude and i kind of feel for the guy when he came out you know he was getting teared up in the in the post fight presser saying you know i kind of do my head in when i don't have a fight camp if you are from australia or the uk you know what that means if you're american and you can't read between the lines that typically means that if i'm not in a fight camp i don't know what to do with myself and i'm a little bit depressed which is interesting because he literally just had a gender reveal. He's about to have another kid. He's got a wife. He's got two daughters already. The dude's a millionaire. He, he's one of the most famous people in Australia. Um, one of the most famous fighters in the world. Number one pound for pound until probably right now. Um, so he's got a lot to be happy about. So it's kind of interesting to hear him say that. Um, it is a little bit worrisome. You, you'd hate to see him go down like a BJ Penn path. He did not break the 35-year-old curse, which is unfortunate. Unfortunate. And um, in this fight, 
Islam seemed to have his range like right away. It was all he needed was one body kick to be able to find his kicking range. He, you know, he's just Islam is just so efficient. His striking efficiency, his defensive efficiency, even his grappling deficient efficiency, like everything he does is efficient. He he might be one of the most efficient fighters I've ever seen. All in all, he's definitely one of the best fighters ever. It's hard to say he's not. Um, he's, I mean, in the sure dog Slack chat, everyone is putting him as the number one pound for pound right now. I, I don't think there was an argument. Um, you've got people in social media again saying, you know, how is John Jones not the number one pound for John Jones has, has won one fight against Cyril gone in the past three years. And if you go look at John Jones record, um, it's prior wins that are Tiago Santos who went to PFL is on a losing streak pop for steroids. Oh, let's add Dominic Reyes in there. Dominic Reyes, multiple brutal, violent finishes in a row. Hasn't got a win. Can't pay, can't buy a win. Let's think about Alexander Gustafson retired from MMA, got shit kicked by, by Anthony Smith, got shit kicked by Nikita Krylov. Let's think about Anthony Smith getting shit kicked in every fight he's in. Don Jones is not the number one, number one pound for pound fighter today. Current pound for pound rankings are different than the greatest of all time. If you have John Jones as the number one greatest of all time, I will not argue with you because he probably is. But if you have John Jones as the number one pound for pound fighter in the world today, you're just incorrect in my opinion. He's not. It's Islam Mahashev. Islam Mahashev finished and submitted the guy with the most submissions in the UFC that was ranked in the top, at least the top eight pound for pound in the world, which is Charles Oliveira at the time, went out there and did it flawlessly, beat the number one pound for pound guy. The UFC sold it to us. They sold it to us as... They're fighting for the pound-for-pound pound ranking. Wins the fight. Doesn't get the ranking. That's fine. Goes out there and kicks him in the head and finishes him. No one's been able to finish Volkanovski in the UFC. No one's beat Volkanovski in the UFC. This guy's beat him twice. Volk is good. Um, not Volk isn't good. Volk is great. Volk is one of the best fighters we have ever seen in the UFC. Point blank, period. I don't think there's an argument. If you have an argument... Put it in the comments. Shoot me a message. Whatever, I, I'd love to hear it. Um, but it, it's it's Islam Mahashev. He's the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. There's no argument there. Um, we'll loop back to Volk. Him saying, you know, keep me active in his post fight press in, in the post fight post fight interview. Sorry, <clears throat> post fight interview said, keep me active. I want to stay busy. This makes the Ilya Taporia fight a lot more interesting, in my opinion. Way more interesting. Uh, I favored Islam, but I've always I respect Ilya Taporia. I really like Ilya Taporia. I, if I'm not mistaken, he is my 145 pound pick in uh, the Sherdog MMA fantasy matchmaking thing we did. Uh, this makes the Taporia fight a lot more interesting. If they book this in Feb, if they book this in January, February, like Volk wants it, I don't think that's a good idea for Volk. Uh, he just got head kicked. He's had two hard fights. You know, he yeah, he beat Yaya Rodriguez, but he lost to Islam in a in a tough fight. Went out there, beat Yair, and then just got knocked out. He's over thirty five. 
Toporia is young and hungry. If, if we look at what Toporia was able to do to Josh Emmett, who is, is arguably a more dangerous puncher than, than Volk. He's definitely not as tricky. He's definitely not as polished. Um, but Josh Emmett's definitely a harder puncher, probably more dangerous than Volk. Ilya Toporia went out there and just kind of pitched a shutout and fought a masterclass against Josh Emmett. Um, Toporia hits really hard. The way he hit Jai Herbert, he folded him like a lawn chair in a hurricane. Um, look what he did to Bryce Mitchell. Look what Toporia has done to all these people. Toporia is a slick boxer, a really, really slick boxer. He has more power than Volk. He might not have the same footwork. He probably doesn't have the same trickery or the ability to set up his punches, but he's definitely a slick boxer. Um, he hits harder than anyone that Volk has ever fought up until probably getting head kicked by Islam. Um, and Toporia is is an ace on the ground. Toporia is now, um, whatever that line was before, it's definitely starting to swing in uh, Toporia's, Toporia's favor. I'm sure, you know, Volk is still probably a, a minus 250 favorite in that fight. But man, father time, it's father time, guys. Uh, father time defeats all. Father time is the undisputed undefeated champion of the world for a reason. And I'm hoping that this isn't a downward trend for Volk, but getting knocked out, being 35 years old, this is, this is tough. And Conor McGregor is the only fighter to ever move up to 155 pounds from 40, not even, he's the only fighter from only champion from 145 to go outside of their weight class and challenge for a belt and win. Yeah, look, he fought Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez is a great fighter. Eddie Alvarez is not Islam Mahashev. Eddie Alvarez, when when Max Holloway tried it against Dustin Poirier, even though it was, I think it was interim at the time. Yes, it was interim at the time. Eddie Alvarez is not Dustin Poirier. Um, and then Jose Aldo went down a weight class and tried to do it against Petrion at that time. Petrion still. So, yes, maybe Connor had the easiest route to do it, but Connor McGregor still deserves that respect for that. Um, as for Islam... A lot of people are now saying that Justin Gaethje should be the one that gets the fight. If Colby goes out there and beats Leon Edwards, I like Islam and Colby. I think that'd be really interesting. And I think Islam would deserve a chance at fighting for the 170-pound belt. Um, I do believe he deserves that opportunity for his legacy because he gave Volkanovski two chances at it for his legacy um and yeah he, he would deserve it if not i mean he already he's already flawless victory against charles Oliveira. He, he's now knocked out volkanovsky him and justin gaethje is probably what i would choose i think that makes the most sense and then throw that b just throw the fucking bmf title on the line too you know like that'd be really cool for for islam to take take that from him or at least say hey i beat the bmf champ Typically, BMF champs get title shots. I know Jorge Masvidal got his title shot against Usman after he became the BMF champ against Nate Diaz. So, yeah. And and Justin Gaethje just head-kicked Dustin Poirier and folded him like a lawn chair in a hurricane. Uh, so, that, that's the fight to make. Uh, it's it's either if, if, Colby beats, if Colby beats Leon, just because I think that'll sell a shit ton of pay-per-views, um, or Justin Gaethje. Everyone loves Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is there to bring violence, and I'm here for it. And I think I think it's interesting. 
Speaking of Father Time being undefeated, we're going to move on to the co-main event. Hamzat Shamayev defeats Kamara Usman in a semi-controversial, but not very controversial win. Um, goes out there, gets a 10-8 round, in my opinion. And and I, I after this fight, I, I read the MMA scoring criteria again, as I try to do to refresh myself. And in my opinion, that is a 10-8 round. He had the duration, not all the damage, but the control with the submission attempts. It was like four minutes and 30-something seconds of control time. That should be a 10-8 round. Um, are enough 10-8 rounds scored in MMA? Probably not. Um, and are 10-8 rounds scored incorrectly all the time? Yes, they are. Um, but I think that's a, a, a kind of clear 10-8 in my opinion. <clears throat> Goes out there. First off, I don't understand the disrespect towards Hamza Chmaev. In this dude's last two fights, he's defeated Gilbert Burns and Kamara Usman. Regardless of the weight class, regardless, if any other fighter did that, we would be giving them their flowers. Like, yeah. Um, in Usman's last fight, it was still a very close fight. I believe it was a split decision to him against Leon Edwards. So he got knocked out against Leon Edwards after dominating him in the first fight and then came back and, and, you know, seemed a little bit hesitant, probably, you know, due to getting knocked out <clears throat> and uh, had, a, had another close fight with Leon Edwards. And then he had another close fight with, with Hamzat Shemaev and Hamzat Shemaev in the first half of the first round has had more control over Usman than any of Usman's opponents put together times five. Dude's given up one takedown in the UFC to Leon Edwards and in their first fight and didn't give up a takedown to Colby, but Colby tried. Hamzat got four, I think it was like four of seven takedowns um, and was was kind of almost got him whenever he wanted him. His chain wrestling looked great in that first in the first sequence. Hamzat's entries to takedowns are just really fast. He's he's a really impressive athlete. Um was able to get the high single and kind of kick kick the leg out and get Usman to the ground, take his back, almost submit him. Usman kind of spiked him on his head, which is pretty dope from Usman. Um, I think that's where Hamzat broke his wrist or hand. And that could kind of explain the lackadaisical second and third round. Um, the, the scores were all over the place. One of the judges scored a 28-28, and then the other two scored a 29-28 or 29-27 for Chimaev. All three judges gave him a 10-8 round, which, I mean, that should show you that it was deserved. Um, <clears throat> that it was deserved. But one of the judges scored the second round for Hamza, and another one of the judges scored the third round for Hamza. That just goes to show you how close the fight really was, which if you've got one judge scoring the second round for Hamza and one judge scoring the third round for Hamza, you could also say that Hamzat won all three rounds. You could also say that Kamara won the last two rounds and that fight should have been a draw. You could also score that fight at 29-28 for Kamara Usman. Either way, um, I think we should be giving both of these guys their flowers. Usman stepped up on 12 days notice, fought his ass off. When he had to turn on the gas, he turned on the gas. He was landing clean shots on Hamzat. Hamzat went out there, got more takedowns, was more controlled and more dominant over Usman than anyone has ever been. Um, Hamzat, he is my, he is also my uh, number one pick for my middleweight fighter. And I, I'm, I did accrue some points in the Sherdog fantasy with him getting this win, but I think we might need to push the brakes on him. 
because if he was stuck, if if he's stuck in a cage with Sean Strickland and the third round starts, Strickland might just go out there and knock him out. Um, I think Hamzat's COVID might have impacted him more than a lot of people are realizing. And I don't think that's something that's being talked about, but he, he needs to learn how to maintain his gas tank. He's everyone would always say Conor round one. Conor McGregor is the best fighter we've ever seen. Um, you could scratch that now because round one Hamza Chimaev is probably the best fighter that's ever been in the UFC. He's probably the best first round fighter ever. Um, his first round is incredible, but man, if, if you, if you are, giving up that first round and you're not going to be able to finish guys like it's first off it's Kamara Usman. He was the number one pound per pound ranked fighter about a year ago. He's great all time. Second best welterweight in the world or second best welterweight ever. In my opinion behind GSP it's, it's freaking Kamara Usman. He's great. However, um, <clears throat> when you're a three to one favorite, you, and you're fighting a guy on 12 days notice and you don't get him out of there, then you need to start, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and thinking, what, what can I do? What can I do to, to make this better? So let's see if he, let, first off, let's see what's up with his hand or wrist. And that could also be a major defining factor in this fight. He kind of took the second round off. Um, he's not the biggest, he's not the biggest middleweight, even though everyone says he's super huge. He didn't look too much bigger than Usman. Him and Usman looked pretty similar size. He didn't. There wasn't too much of a size disparity. Um, but I think Hamza needs another fight to prove himself. I don't know if he should fight Paulo Costa just because I, I don't know if anyone's going to be running to be booked in a fight with Paulo Costa just because this dude does not seem to take his fighting career seriously. Um, I don't know what the hell he's got going on, but it's always something. Um but Strickland will fight anybody. I think that they're going to need a savior for that Canadian UFC event. So maybe they'll do Strickland versus Hamza, depending on the status of Hamza's hand. We will see. Um, I did like Hamza's message. I don't speak Chechenian, so I'm not too sure what he said in Chechenian, but I'd like what he said in English prior to that. He usually is on the mic screaming, I'll kill everybody, blah, blah, blah. This time he was just like, look, Christian, Muslim, Jews, whatever, uh, everybody, you know, there needs to be peace. I don't like to see kids dying. I agree with that. Nobody wants to see children get hurt. Nobody likes to see what they're seeing on social media right now with the current status of the world and the wars that are happening. So, yep, um, good on Hamzat. Good message from him. And um, for him moving forward, let's see what's up with his hand. If he is okay, I like him in a fight with i mean shit if they give him the title shot they give him the title shot whatever if not let's see him in a fight with uh i don't know marvin vittori or whitaker and then for usman um usman's like i want to fight trikas duplessis he's got some balls on him the dude's on a three fight losing streak um even though yeah their losses i don't i don't think they take too much wind out of his sails because his, his name is kamara usman but um yeah, he called for Drikas. That ain't going to happen. Um, I'd like him to fight someone like Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker was himself once a welterweight moving up, and that, that would be a good parameter to measure um, where both guys are. Um, all in all, let, let's put some respect on both these guys' names, too. I, again, I don't understand the disrespect for some of these guys from that part of the world. Hamzat's great. Islam's great. They're both super entertaining. And... uh 
also shout out again to Vulcan Usman for for showing up on 12 days notice and taking those L's the way they did. Rest of the card um, was just nuts. Um, Magomed Ankalaev, Johnny Walker. Um, like if that guy's a doctor, so am I, and so are you. Um, the concussion protocol should not consist of a geography test. Um, it's beyond comical. That's the same doctor that also must do the cage side review with the athletic commission to tell Victor Henry, he wasn't kicked in the balls. Um, it's weird. They're trying to fight in the cage after, um, Johnny Walker was there. Where where are you right now, Johnny? I, I'm in the desert. And then, I mean, Johnny probably couldn't spell his first and last name if you handed him a crayon. Like, the dude's not, he's in the desert. I don't think that that concussion protocol should consist of a geography test. I think that was wrong. I think that was malpracticed by the doctor. I think the doctor robbed Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker of their win bonuses. I think Magomed Ankalaev must have pissed off the MMA gods somewhere. The dude, as Ben Duffy, another fellow Sherdog associate said, will cross the street to step in dog shit. And that is the perfect way to describe Magomed Ankalive. He did throw an illegal knee. That fight should have probably been a disqualification. Um, either way, insane. Um, if <clears throat> I think one of the best performances on this card, Ikram Alaskirov, that jab to jump knee, well, jab to head kick to jump knee to barrage of power hooks, knocking out Worley Alves. Ikram Kirov is a problem. Um, I think this dude needs to be matched immediately with someone in the top 15. I like him versus the winner of Brennan Allen versus Paul Craig. Um, any of those dudes up there, him and Roman Dolidze would be a very fun fight. Roman Dolidze just lost his opponent against Jared Cannonier. I don't think uh, Roman Dolidze or anyone at that is going to be signing up to uh, fight Mr. Ikamalas Kirov, but someone's going to have to. Um, Nasruddin Imavov is probably watching that fight from his hotel room saying, thank God that wasn't me. Um, the dude's finished all of his last fights like in two minutes or something like that. He's a problem. Um, Said Nurmagomedov uh, submitting Muin Gafarov. Muin Gafarov clearly does not watch tape on his opponents, and he did not watch uh, Said Nurmagomedov versus uh, Said Yokub Kakramanov because that's exactly what he did to Kakramanov, even though Kakramanov was way more dominant. Um, this whole card was just nutty. Um, Trevor Peak did not win by finish. He got, Trevor Peak is getting better at MMA, not what we want. We had all these staff infection deals. B Mike Breeden barking at Anshul Jubilee and getting the knockout in the third round. Um, I slept in. I'm on the Pacific Coast. I'm on PT time. Um, and I slept in and I started watching the card. Um, but the first fight I watched was the Victor Henry Javid Basharat fight poor Victor Henry and and shame on Javid for posting what he did on social media. If you guys don't follow Javid Basra, go look at his post on Instagram saying that Victor Henry was looking for a way out. Victor Henry's never been finished in a single fight. Victor Henry did not fly from California to not Abu Dhabi, the United Arab Emirates to fight in his underwear in front of all these people to just pretend he got kicked in the balls and tap out. That's not what happened. Um, 
yeah, rest of the card wasn't great. Um, we're going to move on to one fight this upcoming weekend that is not MMA. And it's really the only fight that matters on this weekend. So we'll be back in just a sec. All right, moving on to the final segment of the show, guys. We're going to go ahead and handicap and talk about one fight this weekend, the only fight that matters this coming weekend. We have Tyson Fury taking on Francis Ngannou. Um, The line for this fight is Tyson Fury is a minus 1,200 favorite and it looks like Francis Ngannou is coming back at around plus 600. Odds could be double, triple that in Fury's favor, in my opinion. Yeah, anyone has a puncher's chance, and Fury was knocked down by Deontay Wilder. Francis Ngannou punches really hard. Uh, Tyson Fury should win this fight however he wants. Tyson Fury is a guy that... If you stack him against every heavyweight boxer that's quite frankly ever existed, he he may not have all the accolades uh, of a guy like um, Muhammad Ali or Joe Frazier or even Mike Tyson. But if you stack him against them in a competition on who is going to win a boxing match, Fury has the potential to beat any heavyweight boxer that's ever existed. He is a giant man. He has a technical boxing game. He can fight a back foot game. He can be a defensive savant. He can fight a front foot game. He can be a power puncher. He can be a swinging cling boxer. He can be a clinch heavy boxer. He does everything really well. He can switch stance. He sets up his crosses very well. He can hit you with big overhands. He has a great check hook. He has got a very good ability to find his range and keep it. If he wants to stick you behind a jab and and use his footwork and be on the outside and poke and prod and pot shot, he has the ability to do that. Um, Francis Ngannou, on the other hand, I don't know what he's good at besides punching people very hard. If you look at his fight with Jarzinho Rosenstrike, if he does that against Fury, he's going to die. Fury's going to kill him in one round um there was just an interview that got released today where they're doing an interview back and forth and they asked tyson how do you see this fight going he goes i'm gonna get on the front foot i'm gonna shoulder roll i'm gonna block i'm gonna jab him i'm gonna jab him i'm gonna hit him with the cross and i'm gonna knock him out he goes no heavyweight can can withstand my power um i love that tyson has kind of transformed himself into a more confident power puncher he was never that way until he got with the, his his newer trainers and they kind of you know instilled that in him hey dude you can be a power puncher just go out there and punch guys really hard go out there and hang all over him that's what he did to, that's what he did to deontay wilder in the third fight he just hung all over him got him tired and then hurt him when it counted um I, francis said he's going to come into this fight weighing about 270 i think fury's going to probably weigh about 30 pounds more, maybe 20 pounds more. Um, Fury will definitely be the biggest person he's ever fought, but Francis might also be the biggest person that um, Fury's ever fought. I don't know how Francis deals with tie-ups. I don't know how Francis deals with firing off the clinch break. I don't know how he's going to deal with someone as durable because everyone that Francis has hit has died in MMA. Um, But man, to see Francis walk on to that straight right from Stipe Miocic when Stipe did his typical back foot, back foot, plant a shot, boom, throw the cross. Like if Francis hits him with that 
if if Francis gets hit with that shot from Fury, who's a much bigger, much harder puncher, and just a much bigger man and more mechanically a better puncher than Stipe, he's going down. Um, I thought Francis had a lot more chances to win this fight prior to the Usyk fight being booked. But now that this Usyk fight is being booked kind of in a very disrespectful way right after um, the Nganu fight, I actually don't know the exact date for the Usyk booking, but Usyk and Fury have also has also been booked now. So this tells me that, that uh, Fury is going to kind of use this for a get your feet wet, warm up fight, you know, the typical boxing thing. And, he, and Fury's in in camp. He's this is this is he's going to take this seriously, but I don't think he's going to screw around with with Ngano. Fury's prediction is he gets it done in under six rounds. I'd be surprised to see it go four. I'm going to say Francis at least gets dropped within the first three rounds, and I wouldn't be so. I think the first two rounds of this fight is going to be a lot of swing and cling from Fury, make him tired, get his weight all over him, make make. Francis carry his weight. We've seen Francis tired in fights before. He had he gets that look on his face where he's like, oh shit. He had that look against Stipe when he was on his back. Um, and we've seen Francis kind of be a little bit of a head case in his fights with like Derek Lewis. But all these guys are, are I mean, Francis has the ability to hurt and knock out anybody. He could punch you through the guard. But I just don't see like I cannot close my eyes and think of any way Francis Ngannou wins this fight. I have nothing. I've got nothing. I don't know what Francis does to win this fight. Tyson Fury could slip on a banana peel and still win. We saw Deontay Wilder, in my opinion, is a harder puncher than Francis. You can just look at the mechanics and look at the way he lands on people. Deontay Wilder, this dude got up from multiple knockdowns from Wilder would get knocked down and go on to win rounds. So even if Francis not, Francis has to literally put him out cold. Is it possible? It is. It's Francis Ngannou. He can knock out anyone in the world. But shit, I just don't see... I don't see Tyson Fury. I don't think Tyson Fury gets dropped or or hurt or even stumbled or staggered once in this fight. I think he's going to put Fury on the... put. Sorry, put Ngannou on the back foot... I don't think Ngannou is going to have the footwork to be on the back foot. I don't think he has the evasive or defensive maneuvers to use head movement and to use a back foot game and a footwork game to get out of the way of someone who's just such a technical savant at heavyweight like Tyson Fury. I think Fury can walk him down, force him on the back foot, put him against the ropes and just, you know, hit him with a barrage of punches and finish him or make him tired and finish him. I think Fury can fight any style of game. I think he can fight a back foot game and win this fight. I think he can fight a power punching front foot game and win this fight. I think he can fight a swing and cling, brawling, heavy, just clinch. I think any fight, any fight Fury wants to have, I think he can win against Francis. I think he can do it pretty cleanly too. That's what the odds would say. Um, Fury to win... To win outright, actually, I've got him here listed at minus 1,400. I said 1,200. To him to win by knockout is minus 550. For him to win by decision is plus 600. So um, it looks like all the money's kind of coming in um, on that. Winning by KO is the smallest number you can find at minus 550. And I think that's what's going to happen. This isn't a fight you bet. 
this is kind of a warm up, get your feet wet fight for uh, for Tyson. And you know what? Um, I don't love the way fear. I don't love the way Francis dealt with his departure from the UFC, and I don't like the way that the UFC handled it either. I think they both could have done a little bit better by that. But if you just look at the numbers, you know, and the monetary value of this, like Francis and is kind of already winning. The dude's going to go get a fight, probably get knocked the F out, probably make a few million dollars and never fight again. He's not fighting. The, the, the real loser here is the PFL because the PFL signed this dude to be an ambassador and a fighter. He ain't going to fight. He might be an ambassador, but he ain't going to ever fight under the PFL banner, especially once he gets knocked the F out. He's going to have like a six month, um, six month suspension protocol. Uh, and his knees are shot to hell. Like, yeah, th- this is, you know, best case for Francis is he doesn't get beat up too, too bad. And he goes on to make his money and, and he dips out. The pay-per-view is $80. I'm going to watch it, but it's $80. Um, it's a lot of money, especially coming off of a UFC pay-per-view. The timing on this, if the boxing, this is just such a boxing thing to do um, where the zone literally parts ways with all the combat sport or sorry, Showtime parts ways with all of their combat sports. And then literally the weekend after a big UFC pay-per-view, they, the boxing, it's just this, there's a $80 boxing pay-per-view. Boxing is just so funny. Um, they never know what they're doing. Uh, sorry for the short show guys. I'm coming off of being ill. I not feeling the best. There's not a lot to talk about, um for the next upcoming card card after that is next week i'm going to give you something next week on that we have not this weekend but the weekend after we have jalton almeida versus Derek lewis jalton almeida is my heavyweight pick for the sure dog fantasy mma so let's see what happens um i appreciate all of you guys for tuning in and i hope you enjoy the fight this weekend take care thank you